0: Welcome to a new episode of Blue Jay Bites. Now, here's your host, my dad, Brian's aunt.
1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Blue Jay's Bites podcast. Feels like it's been Welcome ages. Welcome back, Brian. Thank you. Yeah? Yeah, it feels good to be back. Uh, you've been gone. I've been
0: missing you. I've been missing you too, man. I even came up here one day thinking we were doing it, and then you got sick, and I was like, Oh, well, nobody just, wanted to be around me at that point, Well, I'll man. just go home then. And, uh, I went
1: five days. Four days, sorry. Four days, and all I ate during that whole time frame was five Triscuits. Five, five, five total Triscuits? Five, five total it? Triscuits. Dang, what was going on? Just a little case of the flu. So, funny story. Uh, anybody that's a parent out there will know exactly where I'm coming from. Um, all my years leading up to having children i never got the flu shot but you know what else i never got the flu the flu yep and then after having said children every year i got a flu shot every year i got the flu and it always comes in between the last week of february and the second to third week of march which sucks because that is well march madness for a number of years it was arch madness and then big east tournament so the first year i got it was uh after my oldest son he was, let's see, he turned six months old two days before we left for Arch Madness. The night before we were boarding our flight, we were w- at home watching the play-in games from what I guess is now called at the Enterprise Center in St. Louis. Is that really what it's, it's called now? It's got a different name ar- again. I so it's go, been Keel Center, yeah, Savage Center, Kiel Scott Center is Trade my. Center, and now the Enterprise Rental Car Center. I I use like the Sears Tower
0: rule with that. Like you're a Chicago guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, So like, it's always a Sears Tower. I'm not calling it the Willis Tower. I refuse to do that. So it's the Sears Tower to me. It always will be. Yep. And just because of nostalgia, I'm always going to call that place the Keel Center because that's what it
1: was when I first started. Keel Center and Savvis Center. Those are the only two that gain any credit in my book. Gotcha. Um, Scott Trade Center though was seen of one of my arguably one of my most uh, validating games as a Jays fan, which the twenty. The 2007 Valley Tournament Championship, Jays beat SIU. That game was just, oh. It was different than the blowout in 2003. Masterful game plan from Dana Altman, right? Oh, my God. Probably his, like, best coaching job ever. It was so good, and the guys all executed so well anthony tolliver nate funk nick porter had an insane game They're like
0: okay you want to like get rough on the perimeter fine we'll take it right at you. Porter just, side porter just straight Mid-range up jumpers oh. free throws layups like. he would
1: brush off the screen at the yeah. top of the block and draw contact from those guys god it was randall yeah. faulkner and darren brooks i think was on that team oh man those were some that's when it turned in from that's that's the moment where it
0: that game is where it be- turned from the Dane Altman Invitational to the Dane Altman Coaching Clinic because that was like a total scrapping of everything Creighton had in its DNA as a program to like counter SIU's bully ball and use it against them. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and just kind of like... And it was still close down the stretch. I mean, they had Nate Funk hit some insane fadeaway pull-up jumpers mm-hmm. in that game. Anthony had some really big boards. Some really nice plays, too. Porter Isaac had a double-double, Ma- didn't he? He had, like, yeah, 15 yeah. and, like, 13 Porter, or something like that. So, that was Dane the thing. Watts. Nate yeah. Funk got the player, m- the mop. He got yeah. the mop because he went for... Because sir- he had 35 against He went s- for 30-something against State. Missouri State. Yeah. But Porter was the he player of that cooking. tournament. I mean... He, was that Blake Ahern, too? He lit
0: up? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, it was.
1: <laughs> He's like, you're not stopping. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that was so great. Oh, yeah. my God. Because I know, like, everybody was throwing around stuff. That it's been 10 years since the Booker Wood Fox shot. Um... Which was, you know, a great moment. It was a terrible fucking game because yeah. the Jays just shit that thing away. And that was Greg Marshall's <laughs> first taste of, oh, boy, this could get good for him and mm-hmm. Wichita State. Because the year before, he picked up two techs and was ejected from whatever, I guess, Scott Trade Center at that point. Yeah. Um, did Schulte disappear? Did he leave? Or is he sitting up there somewhere? Did John leave? I don't know. I don't see him. Come back, John Schulte, if you're here. John uh, Schulte, Hi. No, so, know. It's probably mingling. But the reason I brought that up, John and I, we rode the elevator down at uh, team hotel with Coach Altman in the morning of that twenty of that two thousand seven win. Mm-hmm. So we, of course, uh, get, uh, we take credit for his coaching job. Um, but man, that was for take coach. But anyway, two thousand twelve rolls around. My wife and I were getting ready to go on our first time away from our from our six month old child. We're watching the play-in games, the Wednesday night playing games uh, fr- uh, from the from the living room. Getting our bags packed, getting ready to go down. Just can't wait to get out of town. We got sitter. And I just start feeling a little something in my tummy, a little grumbling. I'm like, this is happening. I got a flu shot, and I'm getting the flu. And I boarded the flight to St. Louis, the, G- the Blue Jay Express, you know, just that Friday morning flight, first flight, first nonstop flight down to St. Louis. It's just all blue. Yeah. And my face was white like really? whiter than I am right now. And I'm a pretty white guy. And I didn't think they were going to let me on the flight. I think they were going to, th- I thought that they thought I was drunk or something, mm-hmm. but I could, I could barely open my mouth. They asked me a question. I probably would have thrown up. And so shout out to anybody on the flight that I, uh, not purposely got sick by, you know, infesting the cabin with my germs, but it was worth it. Cause by the time I rallied, you know, they went down there. That was Doug's first title, um, down in St. Louis. That was a great run. We, we we thought we'd be playing Wichita for a title, but they got upset by Bradley or Illinois State. So we ended up playing Illinois State in the title game. Um, Wichita was kind of notorious for those. Yeah. Having those awesome. collision courses with Creighton and then oh, yeah.
0: getting banged out by somebody else. Oh, like, yeah. It was great. Whoopsie. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it used to be like death taxes. Greg Marshall sure. getting bounced early in St. Louis. Like, yeah. That used to be a thing. Like the year that, yeah.
1: I mean, they lost to you and I. Oh, man. Reminiscent. Reminisce so hard. It happened a lot. It happened so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay, yeah. So, it's Big East Tournament week. This is is. exciting. It is. is, I'm not going this year. So, that probably means the Jays won't advance to the title game. I've been to the Big East Tournament twice. And they won in the final twice. they went to the championship game twice. I've been. Didn't win, so maybe that means they'll win it now.
0: Right. I've been three times, but I so I alternated. The first year I went, they lost. They went one and done, lost to Seton Hall. I know, yeah. Second year I went, they went to the title game. Yep, that was fun. Third year I went, they got went one and done. So should we? Yeah, you should have sent, you this sent me it. this year, I'm but a pattern. But you, know. but maybe
1: this is the year where if they we don't send you, they win. Yeah, it. yeah. Maybe exactly. our powers are going to combine here. Maybe, maybe they're going to probably need to win it. We'll I know. See if we
0: can. We'll maybe travel to Dayton, maybe, and then dude, I'll go to Dayton with you. Just hop on the plane, get to go to Dayton. Yeah, then. Grab a train to Hartford and just follow Take them around. Take the
1: last train to Hartford. <laughs> I will meet you at the station.
0: Yeah, that's not a real song. Uh, it sounded good though. Thanks. I think we should write that pen to paper there, so in case we forget. I want
1: to see the Jays in Dayton. I you I do feel like yeah, because dude, every single year there's a team that goes in as an eleven or twelve, makes wins the game in Dayton, and they get hot. Yes. And it's usually a team that backs their way in, just like the Jays. If they do make it here, first of all, can we talk about how fucking crazy it is that we're talking about the Jays being on the bubble and it's, after? Yeah. Like, I think when we last podcasted yeah, from what, here, what, what was it? When we last podcasted from here, it was before they went on the road. I think, and they lost those three. So they had just lost Marcus Zagorowski, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the they Eagles had won the Xavier there. game and lost the Zagorowski war. Yeah. Lose him. They go oh for on that trip with just three heart like just rip hearts out of the coaching staffs sternums games yeah and the fan base too right sure the fan base wanted to rip hearts out of coaches <sighs> sternums like what are you doing um, I mean we don't need to rehash it but here. I was thinking about so many things driving over here, Matt. I know I'm a little scattered because it's been a while since I've been on the podcast. Oh, I've been man, I'm let it out. I've, you, you know, my, my know. thoughts
0: are out there in
1: like two-hour right. form if anybody wants two them. two hours with Nia Tawa on like, the this, Yeah, this is my, the my therapy session with that Brian. That was amazing. Yeah. You did an amazing interview with Caleb Joseph. Thank People you. People can listen to both of those. Um, so I've been on. I've been out of town for the last week. I've been with my kids uh, nonstop for the last week. So it's just, first of all, it's nice to talk to another adult. Uh, so I appreciate you listening happy to me. happy to be there for you. Yeah. Um, But I I go back to two things. I think one thing was what I said a while back when they were in the throes of um, had lost to Nebraska, lose to Gonzaga, um, where I said, you know, wouldn't it be funny if this was the team that actually, with all the new pieces, with all the changes with Epperson getting hurt and only playing 99 games – if this was the team that took the Jays to the Sweet 16, I thought, wouldn't that be apropos of just the craziness of college basketball? Mm -hmm. So we can talk about that later because I do think that, you know, the last five games have shown that the Jays can get hot. Um, They're really tough to beat, especially with this newfound interest in actually playing defense, Uh, novel concept, defense. Stifling defense at that, yeah. Stifling defense. But something that you brought up was, will the selection committee, if the Jays are on the bubble, consider the first game against Marquette a win. And I think it's hilarious that we're about five, especially since they won the second game. Yep. We're five days away from that being an actual thing that may or may not happen in the discussion room at the selection you, committee.
0: I'm telling you, I think that's like likely.
1: I think it is too. Okay. And I think that that's something that all these bracketologists and stuff online right now just, aren't considering. Just from what I've
0: learned from Bruce Rasmussen having like lengthy conversations about the whole process of they want the best field. Yeah, just th- just the process of how you pick apart a team's resume. Yeah, and the thing that the thing that helps Creighton in this regard, the reason that they're probably going to stand a good chance on Selection Sunday and why people will tune in to get their hearts ripped out again. <laughs> yeah, <will>. two thousand nine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the reason that will happen is because they they're in a position where Creighton's resume is going to be picked apart. It's going to be tw- so. Sure, I test, and you know circumstances are going to be really important because the committee members are going to be like, okay, what's Creighton's argument for in? What's Creighton's argument for out? Yeah, and when you think about the argument for in, there's obviously the injuries to Marcus Zagorowski, uh, Tyson Alexander, Damian Jefferson, the guys that they still have. Like Jacob, essentially, Jacob everybody everybody Everson's ever injury it. won't be right. won't be factored in because he's not going to play anyway. Right. But the, the four-game losing streak they went on, the close losses they had on the road without Marcus Zagorowski, that's going to factor in. And the home game against Marquette will factor in. And the reason it will factor in is because circumstances were...
1: It was bullshit. <laughs> you, can call it, you can call it circumstances all you want, dude. That's a dub. So yeah, That's but, a dub. I got a picture of the But the reason
0: it. it's not just like a, a W or an L on the resume and why it's deeper to understand, like use the eye test for it, is because... There were some circumstances surrounding the result. You know, was Hauser shot on time? No. Did Creighton do enough to win in the first place? Was it it a fluke play? Uh, And then you have Zagorowski's injury, which caused three uh, close losses on the road. Two in overtime. And, you know, all three that featured leads late. It's going to to be a long discussion when you talk about Creighton. There's no doubt about it. I don't think... I don't know ultimately that it'll work out in their favor because there's a lot of teams in this conversation this year, probably more than there has been in yeah, a few it's years a weak
1: bubble. I mean,
0: yeah, and when you say there's a week when you say a weak bubble, that doesn't mean there's not a lot of worthy NCAA tournament teams. It means there's probably too many that are in a mediocre Yeah, that's what I mean. It's just grouping. Kind of a,
1: it's just kind of a like a like a mush, like Yeah. You've got, you got a bunch of teams that are two, three, four games over 500. Yeah. Any argument you can make for one, Texas you can make for the other. get in. If they lose to Kansas, record. they might get in at 16-16. and 16.
0: 500 record, and Texas is still in this conversation. Can mm-hmm. you believe that?
1: But, I mean, that's the thing. Nobody really knows what this NI, what, what the NET rating is going to do, right? Like That's the consensus that no. I can glean by staying up way too late and over overthinking all of these different bracketologists and stuff that I'm following on Twitter. It's like... Nobody really knows. They think they have a sense. They think they feel, like, good with the quadrant stuff. But, like, is the NET the Bible? Or is it not? Is it more of that discussion? And I think when push comes to shove, who's the head of the committee this year? Who did Bruce give up the reins to? Um, I can't remember. Okay. Uh, Anyway, I think that that's just the conversation. And I'll be curious to see um, come Sunday you know, if the Jays can't win on Thursday against Xavier in New York, they're in the 4-5 game. They're the 5-seed that we're wearing. The dark-colored uniforms um, play at one thirty Central time on Thursday. Uh, yeah, first things first, right? Got to win that game, right? I, I, I mean,
0: you know, if they, if they win three more, they don't have to worry about this, right? It's right. an easy, breezy Sunday afternoon watching sure. where the Jays are going, right? Yeah. So do that instead, yeah?
1: I mean... I think I saw an interesting quote today from Ed Cooley. He's like, you know, there's no no reason to, to sugarcoat it, no reason to, like, not address it head-on with your kids. He's like, we're not in the tournament. The only way we're going to get in is three wins. Mm-hmm. You know, we just got to take care of business one at a time, but this is the reality. And I think, you know, that's a team that they'll be playing with reckless abandon because they know they got to get three dubs, but you'll, you can only get one at a time, right? And so, you know, you focus on Xavier – if you're the Jays, you hope that things break your way should you be able to get out of that game, but I just think you're going to have 10 desperate teams. I mean, Villanova and Marquette certainly have stuff to prove, too. I mean, they're in, but they're not in protected seeds right now. No. Uh, and they're struggling. So I think I th- I think I saw their 7-10 and 10 combined in their last 7, 17 games or something like that. That Does makes sense. That make
0: they're sense? Not, I know they're 9-10 and 10 since February or whatever. Yeah, so, so I
1: mean... That's Yikesville for them, so they've got something to prove. Marquette, clearly fading down the stretch, um, and Villanova—they've tightened up. They're not playing any sort of rotation right now, it seems. So you wonder how a team that's not playing a lot of guys can that's, go through. That's three. the
0: one thing I'm curious about. And when I when you just look at Creighton's path to, yeah. like, if we're talking about Creighton's chances to win the Big East tournament, tired, tired, tired. You're talking about a Xavier team that Creighton housed in Omaha. At full strength, yeah, and I mean,
1: they got like an hour of sleep and ate little Caesars twenty minutes before the game or whatever that uh, was. Oh,
0: they John's. got in at they got in at midnight. Know. You know, they had plenty of rest. I'm just trying to play the, oh, okay. the excuse game. The why they Xavier got rolled? For, yeah, right. yeah, Okay, well, I mean, Xavier was a <laughs> at the time Xavier wasn't a very good basketball team. So that is true. Um, they got rolled when Creighton was at full strength, and then in Omaha or in in Cincinnati, sorry, Creighton went in without Marcus Zagorowski, and uh, you know, right there. It, w- it was there for the taking. Right there, overtime. They had a two-point lead with 25 seconds left before they threw the ball, the ball away. away. Um, and Mitch referenced that again. Mitch Ballack referenced that again today, so you know what's in his mind, that they gave that one away. Mitch and they was want-
1: throwing the, slu- the slant, and Davion ran the sluggo. Yeah. yeah,
0: so like they, you know, that's arguably, uh, we heard this a couple times today in the media scrum, was they they felt like they had an opportunity to sweep this series, and they didn't do it. So this is their chance to kind of get that back. So it's a, it's a matchup that Creighton has had success against so far
1: i'd say 35 minutes or
0: 75 75 minutes minutes
1: of success against yeah Yeah.
0: and then then you uh go over to if you just do chalk villanova who will be on day two of as you alluded to a shortened rotation will be on day two's legs so what's 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 plagued villanova during this rough stretch of their season so far is you know, Pascal and Booth kind of wear down, and then everything bogs down for them. They Long don't even head. have guys who can. They have. They, I mean, Gillespie can do it. Yeah. Samuel did did it once, but I mean, he's not that player. Sadiq so, DKA like, is really good, but yeah. you
1: wonder, like, what his legs are like as a freshman sure. running down.
0: So, yeah, so you're getting a ton of threes. I so mean, you're that's getting like a
1: jump shooting team.
0: Right. So, you're getting a Creighton team that's healthy using their depth. I like this. On day two versus a Villanova team that's wearing down and doesn't Let's have go. a lot of depth. So, like,. There's favorable there's a favorable situation there for Creighton, right? Yeah. And it's a game that again, one one that Creighton's gonna go into playing a team that they felt like they gave away a game against. They gave away an opportunity to beat did. in the last meeting, so they'll have some hunger there. And then when you get the championship game, which I you know, I think Creighton's gonna get there, and I think they're gonna play Seaton Hall, who other than Creighton or Xavier is probably the team going into the tournament with the most mojo right now. I think they I in my opinion they have the player of the year in the league in Miles Powell certainly the most valuable i think if you take him, howard huh yeah i think if you take because i watched marquette play at georgetown without marcus howard and just were unbelievable defensively like they just absolutely shut down everything georgetown right could possibly think to do and won that game without him and then they go yeah yeah, but then then they come come into milwaukee and have georgetown on their home floor on senior day one on and you're a big east champion too like there was no reason not to be no. at your best for that game and they had Marcus Howard and they still lost. Yeah. So
1: that reminded me of the of the sophomore year Doug McDermott hosting Wichita State and the and Wichita coming into Omaha and beating beating the Jays by yeah, just house them. God. Yeah. That's what that reminded me. So of. anyway,
0: um so, yeah, what I think if you take, if you take Miles Powell game. off Seton Hall, I think they're an absolutely atrocious basketball team. Agreed. And easily the worst team but in man, the league. But, man, they would still talk the most a bunch valuable. of shit, wouldn't they? They would. They probably that would. That team shovels probably it. Probably even more so. That team yeah. <laughs> shovels That's it. That's basically all they would have is the talking. <laughs> right? So, but, I, I, you know, they're playing with a lot of swagger right now. Miles Kale got hot the last two games against Villanova Marquette um sandra Mamos i mean Kalash honestly really, you
1: look at that a i week think a- i think creighton and seton hall are on a collision course right now i you really look do. at that a week and a half ago and i'm looking at seton hall probably not getting into the tournament because they had to go they had to play marquette and villanova in their last two games of the year and then they sweep that double header and it's like wow all mm-hmm. right you got my attention willard yeah, yeah. is he gonna coach of coach the year, the year? By oh, far. yeah
0: gosh wow i mean I- for all that they lost yeah yeah It it can't be Wojo anymore. They finished second.
1: (laughs) Not with the little fit he threw at the end of that game, too. Yeah. (laughs) It's not. (laughs) Wojo. No.
0: Yeah, it's Kevin Willard. I don't even think it's close. Yeah. I think think he'll get all but one vote his own. And I'd be, you know, that's kind of the way I think. Uh, Oh, somebody will throw Jay a bone because they don't want him to yell at him
1: Uh, if he doesn't get it.
0: Uh, So, yeah, I think they got the coach of the year. I think they have the player of the year. And I think that what they did last weekend of the season with their kind of lives on the line was huge. And I think that mojo is going to carry over. And, uh, you know, I just think I think Creighton and Seton Hall are on a collision course right now. I just kind of have that feeling that they're the two teams. So let's go through the bracket. Because I don't think it's going to be a chalky bracket. I think it's going to be. Oh, you don't? I think the league is going to, as it played out with just so much up and down, with every team going through a big losing streak at some point in the season, except for Georgetown, I think. Okay. And then I just feel like it's one of those years where it's one and two aren't going to get to the final. It's going to be two like middle of the pack teams and i think creighton and seton hall are the two teams that i like have a lot working for them right now in terms of how they're playing and i think that's what ends up being the final game man
1: that'd be tough because we w- i'll be interested to see this year you know two years ago when i was out in new york jays still had a really nice contingent uh contingent it almost out ended up there. as
0: creighton seton hall that day
1: that time, because Seton Hall lost on what? A late putback by Villanova? Late putback. Yeah. Late, late putback. Um, and I'm telling you, man, the Seton, Seton Hall fans were out in force that day for the semis. I can only imagine how pumped up their fan base is right now. And if, Jay, I mean, Jays would be in a road game in the championship game for sure. But, oh, hey, sure. if you get two wins at this point, Jays are in. So... Think so? Yeah, I think so. If they, I hear uh, that a lot, beat, and I just wonder. I mean, they're only as in as... Anybody that's not in the selection committee room knows. Yeah. But you got to have some stuff go your way. I don't know, man. The fact that we're even having this conversation is hilarious to me. It's hilarious. (laughs) And that'd be my one caveat when people look down the stretch and they're like, oh, yeah, five in a row. Yeah, the Marquette win is nice. But you look at four of those wins are essentially uh, two butlers a Providence and two DePaul's and a Providence. Two de, what did yeah. I say? Two, ballers? two DePaul's, a Providence, Georgetown, and the Georgetown. Yeah. And Georgetown, I mean, we are just. Well, I think it's, you know, the funny part about it is
0: it, it's it's crazy, in in a year that was as unpredictable as it was for the Big East that Creighton's schedule ended up being pretty predictable. Their, the meat of it was at the front. Yep. The front end, and they ended up going one and four, probably should have been two and three, but they yep. ended up going one and four. And then everybody was looking at the back end of the schedule saying, man, if Creighton can just like, hover around 500 for a minute, get to that back end, they can go on a roll. Well, Marcus Zekorowski went down, Tyson Alexander went down, Damian Jefferson went down, so they had, and obviously Jacob Everson got hurt way early. So they were a little bit depleted, and they lost some close games during that stretch that was the bridge to getting to the softer part of the schedule. And then here they are with five straight wins at the end, which kind of seemed like that's how it was going to go. The first five were gonna be really tough, and the last five were gonna be more manageable. And it ended up playing out that way. So they got their season back on track with five straight wins. They got healthy, and now they're rolling into MSG with some confidence, with some swagger. On top of Mitch Ballock, which we haven't mentioned yet somehow, shooting because well,
1: I'm still kicking myself. One thousand so percent from three. I'm sitting in the Las Vegas airport and the last time somebody set the record for most threes in a game, I was out of town. My good friend Cal Corver knocking down nine trays against Evansville. Um, I mean, I think we've talked about this. I've missed probably a handful of games, two handfuls of games now uh, over the last 25 years. And I just so happened to be gone for home games in which Cal Corver hit nine threes and now Mitch Ballack hit 11. Um, So it was exciting to watch. So you've been
0: gone for two of the best shooting performances ever in Omaha. Right basketball was it the
1: civic man one was here so yeah uh i know you were courtside love your i'm sure you and john talked about it on the beat i haven't had a chance to listen to it yet but i think we spent about 20
0: minutes on mitch pollock seriously that's it of the two hours yeah there was a lot of topics (laughs) of
1: the two hours (laughs) well what did it look like from your vantage point so for people that are listening they don't know you're sitting right courtside uh just to the if you're looking from the court toward the south uh or the east side of the court, um you were just to the left of the T V guys. First of all, I can't remember who was on T V broadcast that night. Fah?
0: No, no. It was Doug Gottlieb and Doug oh, gottlieb
1: Did he even pay attention? I'm not sure. I haven't okay. I haven't listened to the all broadcast right. yet. But what was what did it look like from you? I mean, pregame all the way through. It's always revisionist this. history to be like, oh, man, he wasn't missing in pregame. I watched Mitch a lot this year. We take the boys down and we sit down on the visitors bench and watch pregame. Mitch is one of the more inconsistent shooters in the pregame uh, that I watch. Um, it's that last one, though, you know, right right before they're heading out heading back in to come out. But uh, what did it look like from your vantage point as he got going? Because he passed up an open look early. I kind of grumbled under my breath. You got to shoot that ball, Mitch. <laughs> and then we're traveling through the airports and all that stuff. And I turned out. You know, thirty-nine points later and eleven trades later. Yeah, he certainly didn't uh, not shoot it from there on. But what did it look like from you?
0: I mean, it was a legendary performance. There's no doubt about that. But I, but this is going to sound a little ridiculous because I wasn't that surprised. I mean, so before before the season, uh, John and I had a bet. Don't be gambling on college athletics. <laughs> There's no money involved. We just had a bet that uh, I was like, Mitch Balik will hit seven threes in a game in his career, and I set the number at two. And I just said, I'll take two times two times okay. he will have at least seven threes in a game. Seven made threes. So I took that two and he took the under for his career. Because we looked at it and we're like seven threes looks like that's pretty difficult to do. Not a lot of guys have done it in Creighton history despite having some prolific three point shooters. So And what was his highest he stayed,
1: what was his what was his I think game? He had total?
0: five a couple times last year. Okay. If I'm not mistaken.
1: Because he went six for twelve against Georgia State.
0: And then he had seven, seven against, Nebraska. against Nebraska. So I got the one I got one of them out of the way early. Nice. I figured if I caught one in his sophomore year I was looking pretty good to catch another seven somewhere along the line the final and, two I mean, years he
1: he owed us right from the 0 for 11 and 0 for 9 game at Oklahoma <laughs> god that seems like ages ago doesn't yeah so
0: it? yikes so i mean i'm just not that surprised because i i've seen him he he's the guy who is first on the court before practice shooting he stays the longest after practice shooting like he is just a junkie you know it's it's unbelievable and you know I don't think it's probably surprising that he went 11 for 12. But if you told me someone was going to go 11 for 12 oh, in this, yeah, in this conference, him. He's the first one I would say. Yeah. I would even over Marcus Howard, who's our, who's you know hit 11 before.
1: But how many? I can't remember. He was, had 10 against Creighton. No, I know how many in the game that he had 11 against or 11 Providence. in. How many shot? How many shots did he take? How many three? Attempts? I think he was
0: 11 for 18. Eight, I think.
1: Can you imagine somebody shooting 18 threes? I know, right? That's crazy. Yeah. So.
0: I just wasn't that surprised. I was kind of, like, laughing the whole time because... Sure. I th- I can't remember what I thought. I think when he... when he The first three he hit was off a baseline out-of-bounds play, and he caught it with uh, Femi Alujibi, DePaul's big man, on him, and he still rose and fired and cashed it and stared at him, stared at Femi as he, like, like I just dotted you and ran down the court, you know? Sure. So... I knew he was like he had some swagger to him already because he did that. The next three I think he hit was uh, a step back, shot fake sidestep um, over Max Struess in front of DePaul's bench. So, so now he's dotted up DePaul's sniper. And I think he I was like, all right, he's yeah. when he's doing the when he's doing the sidestep step back. I think he's like in the zone a little bit. Sure, but still that was only a, like a couple. I think maybe two or three at that time. Then Christian Bishop gets that offensive rebound and Balik steps into a 35-footer, um, and cashes that without hesitation. And I'm like, yeah, he's feeling it now. Yeah. So it's all about how Depaul adjusts and how many shots Creighton can get him. Sure. And Depaul did adjust. You know, they were trying to you know run him off, track him, and be there on the catch and all that stuff. But at that time, he's already in the zone. So he and then I think he's got an underrated ability that doesn't get talked about enough to create his own sure. shot. Sure. You know, he's has got much fake, stronger with step, the ball you this year know, He's got a good to last. step yep. back. And he's left-handed, which is, again, I don't know if people think it doesn't matter left or right, but it I, it's matters. all backwards. Like yep. It's not easy to take away the instincts of a lefty because you're not thinking. Yeah, You don't guard lefties very often, so it's just different. I can't explain it, but Kyrie probably can because he explained it to me, like how different it is guarding lefties versus righties. So um, I just knew he was feeling it, and I'm like, I understood Depaul was going in as like one of the worst teams in terms of discipline and taking away rhythm and and I'm <laughs> like, I, I basically this dude on the catch can get up as many as he wants, you know? Yeah. And it was part of the game plan. The first time they played him was like, guys, you're gonna get a ton of rhythm threes. Yeah. This team goes under a ton of screens. They don't like getting uh, having guys get to the rim on them. They like to keep everything in front of them. So you're gonna have jump shots all day. And I think people were like. Because Creighton and Mitch in that, first 10 in Chicago, yeah, that first game in Chicago, yeah, the first game in Chicago, like, uh, you know, Mitch was three for ten, but Creighton shot a lot of threes, and I think people were like, "Why aren't you going inside more?" And It's like, well, DePaul's Pretty defense big. is, yeah, vulnerable to the three point shot. Yeah, so if you're vulnerable to the three point shot, and Mitch Ballock is hot, sorry, am I boring you? <laughs> Mitch Ballock no. is hot. Damn, I'm like, yeah, this savings. is a, this is like, a, how many can we get up to here? And you know, it just became ridiculous in the second half because he was. He was
1: teeny crushed some dude on one of them, right? <clears throat>
0: yeah, that was the one to start the half. They ran this play <laughs> that we actually talked about with the coaches because they did it against Marquette and he missed it. But it's a cool play because it's kind of like a little weave and there's some misdirection and then it's reversed and then Mitch gets a, you know, essentially a wide open three at the top of the key as it ends. Um, we won't say what it's called, but Thanks. we did talk to the coaches about that. So they ran it to start the half and Mitch banged that to get going. Then hit another one real quick, I think two or three possessions later. And so by that time, he was seven for seven from three. And it's like, you know. That's some Jalen Agnew shit right there. So he's two away from the record and. Hasn't missed. Hasn't missed yet. And there's like 18 minutes left in the game. That's awesome. So it's like, yeah, this dude's going to go. Because I know he can go for days. Sure. So this dude's just going to. He's going to. This record's his. It's all about a countdown now. And the one he hit at the end of the shot clock where he, you know, kind of caught. The pass awkwardly; it almost dribbled off his back. Yeah, and, you know he had to shot fake, get a guy in the air, <laughs> got some body contact, and drilled that. He was like at a the forty-five degree even, angle. Yeah, the yeah. net didn't even move. Like he just, you know, and the one he missed was halfway down, so he yep. could have gone twelve for twelve. It was just, I've seen him get on heaters like that, just in his shooting workouts, and and yeah, they're open threes, I guess. But still, it's like that dude has an unbelievable ability to just go Knock off down. from the three point line. Like he beats Doug. And you know Preston Murphy and those shooting games all the time, and that's who, like Preston beats the dudes like beats Marcus Foster, Kyrie, Marcus Zagorowski, Tyshawn. Yeah. he like cooks those dudes, but Mitch is the one who he can't beat. Interesting. And like he's you know he beats Doug, McDermott. That should Doug. bribe him. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, I'm just saying he's an unbelievable shooter. Yeah. So that's not I, I I I will even go as like far to say that's not going to be his last. Double-digit well, double three-point game. Couldn't, it I couldn't be.
1: help but think because it's this time of year. So the Big East tournament is, uh, I swear, I guess I haven't looked at the calendar yet, but it feels a week later than it was last year. Everything in college hoops feels a week later this year. Yeah. And so I just couldn't help but think back to the coaching staff drawing up that play to get Mitch a wide-open look at the end of the Providence game in overtime last year at MSG. He misses it front rim and just, bought, you know, you feel for the kid. And I, I, had the, I had the gumption to go onto the Blue Jay, uh, underground message board. People are talking about how it doesn't look like Mitch cared about missing the shot, and I'm like, I am sure that he's just erupting inside because he's. They've run that play for him. They've designed it for him, and he's hit that shot so many times, like in his sleep, and he just left it short off the rim. And he, you know, he did a good job of. At that point, you know, visually controlling his emotions but i'm sure it just ate him up and then you know he doesn't have a great game against kansas state in that first round bounce last year i thought he played um, pretty well
0: against k-state though
1: yeah i, I, think I thought he won- was the guy that was he hit, was the, devi- he was the one that kept him in there yeah. in the second half for sure hit yeah. a big three we just couldn't do anything else um but it wasn't the type of game i know he probably wanted to have against you know yeah he was four for state. eleven
0: from three so i guess that's subpar by his standards yeah
1: but he had sixteen points, eight rebounds. Yeah, one turnover. They, uh, he was really good. They, uh, so I couldn't help but think about that because you know this time of year, you just need that guy to get hot. Not, I mean, not that guy as in Mitch, but you need a guy, right? You need that guy that.
0: That's how you go on runs,
1: right? That's you ride you a run. You ride, ride a guy. Right? You ride like a guy. Kemba Shabazz. All those guys. You yeah. ride a guy, and so is Mitch going to be our guy this week? And <sighs> that's to, the
0: thing. That's the fun thing about the biggest tournament is there's lots of players who could be that guy yeah. you know like shamari in his own gym uh miles powell who's already on mitch who's on now yeah marcus howard who can go off phil what, booth
1: what phil booth could take over
0: Marshall, who's probably going to be back and healthy for you know start this tournament. surprise league.
1: you to see tyshawn get going yeah tyshawn too for sure yeah uh, hey john how's it going buddy thought we lost you there yeah <laughs> he's like what's up um have you been tweeting us questions? I have not been looking. Up yeah, here. I haven't been looking at either. Sorry. We've just been going off. <coughs> Mitch Alex style. Mm-hmm. We're just knocking them down over here. Uh, okay, so let's go through the bracket. Let's uh, let's talk through it and you tell me what you think. I know you say you think Crane's going to be in the title game, but let's start it out. Yeah, Eight, so nine game on Wednesday night is Providence, Providence and, and Butler. Butler. Who you got? Uh, Providence. Providence. I think, gonna, I think they're clearly the better team. I think Ed's got that team going to go. I mean, they,
0: beat, they just beat him at Hinkle a couple weeks ago, and they smacked him in Rhode Island, so... I don't know. There is that adage that it's tough to beat a team three it's times, but seventy two percent. it's. I think, well, unless you're Jim Flannery, because <laughs> Flann's eight and one when a yeah. team's got him twice. You know that? No, just proved it last night too. Yeah, I like it. Um, yeah, exactly. He's the he's the he's the difference. No, I'm
1: saying I saw it on Twitter today. Over the last ten years in college basketball, yeah, when the team has won, you're saying Flann's the outlier because he ends right. up getting that third yeah. one.
0: Flans won seven in a row since I think going back 12 years maybe when he faces a team in the conference tournament that beat him twice during the season. So. Take that, dude. Yeah, he's the he's the guy that uh, makes the adjustment. But, yeah, it, you're right. It is. But I got Providence. But, but here's why I think Providence is not going to, f- like, be part of that statistic. Those First of all, both those games were recent. And Providence, like, controlled both of them.
1: So yep. I just think they're the better team. And uh, – I'll yeah, that. I'll take the Friars. Okay. St. John's at home against DePaul. <coughs> yes. Here's the one that changes. Here we go. Here's the one that changes. Here, DePaul
0: has beaten St. John's twice pretty easily. Uh, this one, is, without this Shamari, right? one without Shamari. One without Shamari and one with Struce. Becoming Shamari, right? Um, this one changes. Shane Johns will not lose this game. I agree. There's just too much working negative energy working against them, and they've always responded to that this year, right? So they're in their own gym with a bunch of people saying they're Shit. having this yeah. season pissed down their leg, and yep. you know, I just think they're going to get it together, and I think that I actually think they're going to roll to Paul.
1: Okay, so that would set up Villanova to start the day on yeah. Thursday at 11 a.m. Central Time at MSG against Providence.
0: So here's the
1: 8-9 conundrum. Drum, here's drum, that 8-9,
0: like 7 p.m. game, then turn around and play in the noon one seed. Yeah, it's brutal. Just, that's brutal. That's just, just not hard. conducive
1: to. Yeah. They're student-athletes, people. come Yeah, on, they're human beings. Like like, I, I mean, that's, that's brutal. Yeah, that's going to be real tough. And, I mean, how many times do you see it, too, that a team kind of carries over? That looseness that they got the night before, mm-hmm. they actually play pretty okay in the first half. Yeah, and then just about the and under legs sixteen timeout, in. they just they crumble. Right? right. I mean, right. you just crumble.
0: Yeah, I just think that's too tough of a
1: too too tough to overcome. Sure. Eight, so eight, Villanova wins that it. quarterfinal. Yeah, uh, Jay's Xavier. Jay's will be wearing the the dark colored uniforms. They're the five seed technically. Um, finishing in a uh, tie for third place in the Big East at nine to nine with Xavier mm-hmm. and a couple other squads. Um, I got the Jays in this one. I don't know about you. I mean, I do know I about do you. I do like
0: the Jays in this one too. So close.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of the ga-
0: I think a lot of the games will be close in this tournament. So yeah, it will be close. Okay. Um, but I think the Jays finished what they should have finished in Cincinnati. It'll be it'll be a good back and forth game, but I think. Great, and he'll finish the
1: job this time. All right, so then they'll get everybody out of MSG. Uh, everybody goes, gets a dollar slice, comes back for the first game of the night, the Marquette-St. <coughs> John's game. What I mean, another, g- another
0: game of two teams right? or of
1: Marquette trying to not lose to a team three times. So in that one, St. John's gets about 22 hours of rest, 21 hours of rest. Yeah, fairly amount. So yeah, fairly decent. Uh against a Marquette team that is completely struggling right now down the stretch. Who you got in that one? On the spot. (sighs) Shamari wants to get it. It's going to be tough to pick against St. John's because
0: they also have the Defensive Player of the Year in Justin Simon who has not just neutralized but just taken Marcus – or is that Marcus Howard. I'm talking about my boy Zach like this. (laughs) 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 Has taken Marcus Howard and just like – him, him off his game, man. Stuck him somewhere in the arena that no one can see. No one knows where he's Isn't at. Isn't that nuts? Like, it's Kyrie just, style, baby. Yeah, total disappearing act. So that's a matchup Marquette has really struggled with. Neither game, they, they scored 69 points in both games. The difference was their defense played better at home and they didn't get rolled like they did in Queens. So I think St. John's is just a bad matchup for Marquette.
1: So I'm hearing you say St. John's, is this right? They're going to win, yeah. Okay. So St. John's. They're going to the semis. Ooh, into the semifinals. They're booking the, their trip to the NCAA tournament. And then the night cap, the game that's going to get a little feisty. We've got our three seed, Seton Hall, Pirates, in a home area game against Georgetown, the sixth seed. Yeah. Georgetown, not in. They can't be in at this point. No way. With that terrible non-conference schedule. Xavier
0: and Georgetown, I keep hearing their names. Like,
1: Come no. on. They have to win the tournament. They let's, have to. Let's be honest.
0: They did nothing in the non-con. I mean, Georgetown did good. They played nobody. So here's the deal. Seton Hall played good teams. Here's the rolled. deal with
1: Seton Hall, and I know you talked about it already. You're gonna you're gonna pick Seton Hall in this game. Yes. I'm actually gonna pick Georgetown. Are you? Yeah. Well, Georgetown did just beat them. So. And here's why, because I feel like, I feel like Seton Hall. I don't know. To me, it's just, and it doesn't make sense for then why I would pick the Jays, but, I feel like emotionally, Seton Hall has just been. has been peaking the last couple games, um, especially at home against Nova in that last one. Um, and for whatever reason, I just have a, a, a gut feel that Georgetown's going to snip them, and it's going to be close. Um, but for whatever reason, that's just maybe that's my upset pick of the – more so than even St. John's would be an upset over Marquette. I don't think it would be necessarily. Mm-hmm. I think that Georgetown in this tournament beating Seton Hall the way that Seton Hall's played the last week, would be an upset to me, but that's just my feeling. I feel you're gonna you're gonna debunk all of this real quick here. But well, yes. I mean, I don't <laughs> I don't know if I'll debunk it, but I'll disagree
0: with it because yeah. I think Seton Hall. When you look at the matchup, uh, I like their guards better than Georgetown's guards. Not for the future, but like right now. Sure. You know, Quincy McKnight can frustrate McClung, or a doesn't matter. And they can't guard Miles Powell with you anybody. Know, they can't. And I think they can neutralize what Jesse Govan can do with a bat in terms of how bad of a matchup sure. he can be. Uh. Yeah. I just think Seton Hall is going to go in, get him. looking for blood because they—that's yeah. the one game they just lost in this streak of theirs. Like, yeah, they just lost in double overtime double out o- in, o- D-C. in DC, and yeah. they blew they blew Georgetown's doors off when they played them in Newark. So sure. Uh. Yeah, give me the pirates. You're convincing easily. Easily, you're you're convincing me that I'm wrong. Mm. I actually don't. I actually think of all the games that are. I think there's gonna be a lot of competitive games. You think that one's not? I think this one won't be. Yeah,
1: place will be jumping. The nightcap on Thursday, Seton Hall and Georgetown. Okay, so that sets up. We'll go with your bracket because you're way smarter than me. That gives us a dangerous assumption. Villanova, and the Jays. Yeah, it the first of two semifinals semifinal yep. friday crazy town at msg not a ticket to be had at face uh and then we got the nightcap st john's and seton hall the local squads villanova jays who you got yeah I like this little revenge tour
0: creighton's gonna kind of be on by playing a team they in that like they're gonna Playing a team that during that four-game losing streak they felt like they should have beat, so I think they're gonna get it done in MSG. Um, I just think their depth will be an issue, the pace will be an issue. Uh, Creighton will bring it defensively. You know, I just see a lot of things working in Creighton's favor right now. That, because I felt like I, I, I still feel like Villanova hasn't been able to match up with Martin Crample at all in two games. Right, and. If you give Creighton a healthy roster, plus that, plus a little bit more teeth on the defensive end that they've gotten lately, I just like that matchup better and better. I like it more and more than it as the season's gone on. Sure. I thought, you know, Villanova caught them in Omaha on Gut Check Day after Creighton let one go against Marquette, um, and even still, the Jays were what up for 25 minutes yeah. and rolling offensively. So
1: Booth took over. That's yeah, the one thing that frightens me. I feel like he could get off and be tough, even with. Dave or whomever checking him, still having a really good, like, not going to go out on my watch sort of a game. Sure. Because uh, he's been but there before. But day two of that
0: will be right. after playing a Providence team that's yeah. really physical. Oh, so. really physical yeah. and grind them down. I think mm-hmm. Ed
1: will help us out a lot on mm-hmm. Thursday. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I like the Jays. Okay. I like the Jays, too. And oh, then you the, do? Yeah, All I right. do. And then... Uh, Oh, this is the time of year, man, where I get even more irrational about how many games I think the Jays are going to win. Okay, John's been there for Let's that. Let's ride it till it of falls them. off. What are you worried about? And then the nightcap, that just screams, uh, just screams fun. Shamari and Miles Powell going at it. That's scene hall see television right there. St. John, right? It'll mm-hmm. <laughs> be fun. Who you got though? Um, you feel well, like the scene hall deal is going to keep going? I do like
0: scene hall. They they got absolutely housed to from the jump the last time they played St. John's at MSG, but. <laughs> this is going to sound really stupid, but if you take away that 28-5 <laughs> run right. to start the game. <laughs> that didn't sound so bad out loud. If you take away that 28-5 run that St. John started the game with, uh, Seton Hall really outplayed them for the last sure. 34, 33 minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, So I just think that rings true again. Okay. So, so the Jays... I,
1: Square off against Seton Hall for the championship game. Saturday yeah. night MSG. It's been uh, we, it's been a, two years since the Jays have been in the title game. We think they get back. Yeah. And then the Miles Powell show shows So here's up. where I'm yeah. going to piss off everybody. That's I like on
0: day three, I like just the biggest, baddest dude on the court. Sure. And to me, I think Miles Powell should be the player of the year in the league. I don't know if he will, but I think he should be. Because
1: if you take him away, versus if you take Marcus Howard away from Marquette. Yeah, we've yeah. seen
0: it. We, we, I mean, we haven't seen what Seton Hall is would like without Miles Powell. We've seen what Seton Hall looks like when Miles Powell is like neutralized, right? Um, so yeah, I think he's the he'll be the best closer on the floor, and I think it's going to be a game that like everyone's going to be tired. It's going to be about grit. It's going to come down to the wire, and grit. it's going to be about who can hit big shots at the down the stretch. I think Creighton will hit. I think Creighton will hit a few big shots to stay in the game, but I think Miles Powell will close it, okay. and Creighton will fall short of the Big East title. But in a
1: value in an, in an
0: impressive showing throughout the weekend, enough so to get them in the tournament. Okay, so
1: I'm not terrible. I hey, I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah. If I th- you- I
0: think you're not being truthful because I don't think when you get to Saturday, you'll be fine with that. I think once you get to Saturday and you realize Creighton's in the title game, it'll you'll race it twice, man. Yeah, you'll erase I've all that. I've been there twice. I'm fine with whatever. I've been there twice. And you'll totally be like fully invested in win this, erase all doubt, make me sleep well tonight, all that. So I I hear you now, but I don't believe yeah. that'll be the version of you that shows up Saturday night when it's time to tip that ball. Here's off.
1: where I wouldn't be okay with it: is if they had a six to eight point lead at the under four timeout again and blow it. Okay, that's right. If they're in a nip and tuck game, you're saying if okay. So if it's it's, or if if it goes off, right? I think that's a team where I take my chances with anybody else, and I'm sure other teams have tried that. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if Miles Powell is going to beat you, Miles Powell is going to beat you, and you know, you tip your cap. What I'm, what to me is more not more important because obviously winning a Big East tournament title. I mean, you see what that did for Seton Hall a couple of years ago when they beat
0: Villanova three years ago. I yeah, mean, they went and that Isaiah Whitehead went over twenty against Gonzaga, and they got housed in
1: Denver. But I mean, in terms of their program, that was a big, I think, uh, boo, like a big buoy point for them. Sure. Um, and I think it's because especially they were they, they had a young core, was then, a young so core. yeah. Desi
0: Angel, being They were all young dudes. Like, yeah. Yep. So that's you. what
1: Miles Powell signed up for. Right. Yeah. Um, what I would I love to have the Jays bring home a biggie? would I be at the airport? Yeah, I'd be there. Uh, but if they win two and they make it to the title game, I mean, that would put them if they make them t- if they make it to the title game and lose, they'd be what, eight, 19 and 14. They got what? Are they 17, 17 and 13 right now? Division 1, yeah. Doesn't matter. What does matter? I mean, I know. Well, it, then they would, they would I'm, have I'm doing wins. math. I'm doing math right now.
0: They're, I think they're 18 right now. Are
1: they 18 and 13 I right now? I think so. So they'd have 20
0: wins? They have 17 Division 1 wins right now. Okay. So they got. So, so they would be 20 just looking and 14, at the, then. Yep. Total, so they'd be 20
1: and 14 total. On their
0: team sheet, they would be Yeah, they get in. <laughs> in the committee room, they'd be 19 and 14. Right. So, But with a win
1: over. over two wins over fucking Marquette.
0: <laughs> uh yes, right. Yes. So 20, Correct. you're right. Yeah.
1: Right. It's 19 with a huge ass asterisk <laughs> is what it is. They should fair. just bring an asterisk in on yeah. a big cardboard piece of paper uh, instead of a team sheet for them at yeah. that point. Like. Uh yeah. I, and that to me, with as up and down as this season has gone and with injuries and stuff, if they make the NSA tournament this year, I'll be over the moon. Over the moon. That'd be that'd be my that'd so be like my would
0: take. you go in this tournament with house money or would you then reset everything again and like oh house money man go to really? Dayton okay yeah go to Dayton so go to Dayton means they have to win three to get to the Sweet 16 this time but wouldn't that be
1: the most Creighton thing ever <laughs> yeah
0: right I think so the Sweet 16 yeah. trip actually come so they yeah, win the, three games not only did the Sweet 16 trip happen but it happened when they had to win three games to get or, there or you know yeah. it's like the
1: old dudes on the board they're like they actually made a Sweet 16 back when the tournament was 32 teams. It's <laughs> like, no dude, that yeah. doesn't count. But right. like this would count. Back when
0: NIT was the tournament that used to mean something. They were the right. like final four. Exactly. Group. Yeah.
1: But yeah, I mean watch just watch it hang out, you know, watch it be that thing where they get hot and they be I'm um, you know, VCU's done it before, some of these other teams. Now granted those teams. A lot play of improbable teams, like yeah. yeah, just doesn't make sense for them to do it. They did it, yeah. So anyway. Um I'm excited. I'm excited. This should be a fun week good. I'm glad you're excited. And if they lose on Thursday, I'll just be super pissed. So it's fine. <laughs> it's fair. Uh, all right. Anything else we want to talk about? I mean, I kind of
0: want to talk about women's hoops, but where are we sitting at? How much time we got left? Uh,
1: where are we at here? We got about five minutes oh, left. We can talk some women's hoops. Yeah. yeah. Talk some women's hoops. Their season's over now, so. Yeah. Just before we started this podcast, they dropped a semifinal game in Chicago to DePaul. Yep. They beat the Blue Demons in Chicago earlier in the season. They go to Trust Arena after having beat Butler. That was an upset, right? I mean, Butler smoked them twice oh God, in the yeah. regular season. They beat
0: them by 52 points, 32 the first time, 20
1: the second yeah. time. So yeah. then the Jays turn around last night. They win in the 3-6 game as the sixth seed. Come it's around. actually
0: the second time that Flans beaten Butler when they've swept him during the regular season. So Love
1: it. Yeah. He's uh, got the number there. And then the Jays. Um, obviously the game was closer than the final score indicated. And I yeah. know the I think DePaul ended up winning by thirteen. Eleven. Eleven. Yeah. Um, mm. but the game Jays DePaul hit a three at the buzzer in between at the end of the third quarter. Yeah. And then the Jays still came out, took another lead. It was tuck there, started the fourth quarter, but just couldn't overcome the turnovers. Um, and then, you know, it wasn't for lack of Jalen Agnew and Oh, she went uh, on. It was,
0: you know, it's funny because the Fox was actually had like a studio show, like, yeah, for the semifinals today, which is cool because they don't usually do that. They usually have the Big East tournament, women's tournament going, and then everything they do in the studio is just talking about the men. And it's like, really, right. can you guys, like, give some effort here? Um, Come on, Val. Yeah, but, uh,. They showed like three impact players for Creighton before the DePaul game tipped off and none of them were Jalen and I'm Yikes. like, how do you – Maybe that's why they – Like no disrespect to the players they did highlight, but it's like how do, do you get three impact players without talking about Jalen? And it's like, okay. Maybe that's why And then why she comes out and just like scorches the, you know, 12 of 15, 27 points. Like she was the best player on the floor. So, yeah, take that for your impact. Nice, nice preview there. Um, but, yeah, she was great. <laughs> That's when they say, like, uh, Greg
1: McDermott's a really good shooter for Creighton. <laughs> right,
0: yeah. I mean, Jade Owens was really good in her final game, eight points, four assists, only one turnover, and all she's had to overcome to just be able to play again, let alone get to this point and, sure. you know, be playing DePaul in the semifinals as well as she was. And, you know, Allie Green, like, could barely move. And, you know, it's this, it's a second day of a back-to-back after, you know, she came out and played Butler last night, and uh, if you just knew the amount of pain that kid is in and playing through, like, you can see it, because it was really hurting her today. You could tell, you know, she was, she got knocked over a couple times and was really slow getting up. It's just, it just wasn't, it wasn't smart for her to play, but you just can see, like, the killer will inside of her that she wanted it so bad, you know, and you appreciate that, like, because her body didn't want her, it wasn't going to let her do this, and she's sure. like, you know, what, screw it. This is my last ride, and, you know, I'm going out with these, these my teammates. Um, yeah, and then, I mean, obviously, Audrey Faber is one of the best to ever wear a Creighton uniform. Came in as a highly-tied recruit, and, you know, it's interesting because Audra Faber and Jalen Agnew came in as top 100 prospects in the same class, but they weren't even the highest-rated prospects that went to the Big East that year. Yeah. Um, but they're they're easily the best players left from that recruiting class. Hmm. So I think it's just a testament to, you know, how good Audrey has actually been because it's one thing to come in with expectations, but to be as good as she was from the very start, I think her first Big East game was against Seton Hall, and she had like 30, I think, or 28. So from the very start, she was an impact player, and, you know, she just put together one of the best Creighton careers ever, you know, individually. And team wise, I mean she was she won she was upon the team that won the biggest title that shared it with DePa. Uh, she went to the NCAA tournament twice, won games both times. Yeah. Um, you know, this year they're not gonna be postseason eligible because they're below five hundred, but it's uh it's not because of you know, it's not because of like their best players not being at their best when they sure. needed them. Their best players gave them a chance here in a year where it Nothing was just one injury away, after right? one, I know. not just like even typical injuries, like one ridiculous injury after another Sure, just totally derailed their practice situation, their game situation. They just never could get into a rhythm, never could really get on a, a streak that normally they've gone on these, you know, throughout uh, Audrey's career. And I mean, man, they they made a great push at the end like to get themselves a chance. You know, they beat Marquette. They had DePaul on the ropes, uh, you know. They won at Xavier, won at Providence to, you know, get out of the play-in game. Yeah. They play a Butler team that had absolutely waxed them twice, a senior-laden Butler team that had a lot of expectations of, you know, a must-win game for them because they think they can get in that large bit if they can make it to the semifinals or the finals. And you know, Creighton just stifled them defensively and made great plays offensively. Didn't turn the ball over a whole lot. Uh, But just today, you know, DePaul was just too much inside. Got to the free throw line a ton. They hit like 21 of 22 at the line. Yeah. And Creighton missed a ton of layups. It's going to be one they're not going to like to watch if they have to rewatch it. But because they, you know, they they shot the ball incredibly well. They were 8 of 12 from 3. Yeah. And they played great defense. They held DePaul to under 40% shooting. Just too many. I mean, they gave... Gave the ball away 20 times, and it turned into a 26-4 to edge and And points off turnovers, so you can't – that's just too costly. It's too much. Too much to overcome, but, you know, not for a lack of effort or a lack of want or, you know, a bad – like, normally when you have a team that's talented that goes through a season like this, it's usually, like, a bunch of chemistry issues. And, you know, it's just, like, you know, agendas, and it rips the team apart. But, like, this team was really connected. They just weren't healthy. They just couldn't ever get on the same page – Physically and that's what derailed it. So they kept it together as long as they could and they made a great push at the end But it was just too little too late and it sucks that they're gonna. it's a it's tough pill to swallow for them because They had high expectations. They wanted to they felt like they were talented enough to be back in the NCAA tournament and For that to fall short. is gonna be tough for them to To deal with because they certainly felt like on paper. They could be a second weekend team Which is where they wanted to go, but it just didn't work out like that. So you kind of just have to make of no, it. We're really you have to make have to down make down down of down it down. what it yeah. was, and it was a.
1: Should have started a, with this, making me sad. Should have started with what? We should have started with the downer part of the podcast. Oh, yeah. Well, making me sad, going sorry. out with a a a sullen note.
0: Yeah, but I'll try to sit down with the seniors and yeah, do some in in you know retrospective stuff like we did with Caleb and once It'll the once the emotions subside and everything and it's not as fresh and sure they can kind of talk about their experience at Creighton and it in their own words instead of mine because my good. words are rambling
1: so. <laughs> that sounds good um all right well hopefully we get a couple we get a couple of jays wins this week hopefully baseball gets some games in i know they've had you know they're five I feel like th-
0: baseball went into the offseason again for carnell right
1: like they're just down there doing like random like stretching drills at the at the godhan pavilion or something It's right. about like all they can do right uh, yeah, they're five and three. They went down to um, they went down feeling pretty good about themselves at five and one, and uh, a three game series against Wichita ended up turning into a Friday doubleheader, and then a, a trip back home, and they lost both of those games down at X Stadium um, after getting out early in both of them. Uh, couldn't get timely hits, uh, bullpen issues kind of creeping up. It's not the first time they haven't had timely hits in Wichita, is it? Dude, don't bring Sorry. it up. Sorry, Dude. I know that's. A 2009 <laughs> was not a good year. Okay.
0: <laughs> I love your reaction to that. I like. I, like. Dude, I, just, I like your raw emotion. I put
1: that it's <laughs> one of the sneaky worst sports, experience? sports experiences okay. I've ever watched. Because <laughs> we no-hit them in seven innings two days before that, or one day before that. Really? Brandon, Brandon Kane. Uh, Co- um, shoot. What was his name? Konenstein? Kennenstein? Uh-huh. Yeah. No hit him? Yeah. Turn around. Can't get any hits with men on it. I mean, we just left all the lobs. All the, all lobs. the lobs. How many lobs were there? Oh, man. Was it was it, it double like in the that? In the, te- in the high oh. teens? I'm going to look it up now that we're talking about it. Because I just... 2009, Vendetti's arm was falling off. <laughs> oh, he pitched out of his mind. Did um, you go in
0: hopeful? Were you like, oh, we got this? It's, yeah. We just no hit him or whatever?
1: Yeah, I'm just typing. Keep talking. I mean, I just know it's know one of those things that's that just gonna it's, make me I know that's
0: a trigger. If they're like trigger words, that's a trigger game for you to get you on tilt. So, um, yeah, your stat your stat research is awful. I bet I'm gonna find this before you.
1: Don't. You're going. Brian's
0: currently on Wikipedia right now. I'm <laughs> not Wikipedia. Watch me. Watch me find this before he does. Watch. I'm a man
1: of. Why is this happening? Who has
0: researched a ton of stats before. Field I'm totally going to find this before he does.
1: Oh, I got this. What year was it? Oh, I don't know. You think you're going to get it before me? You <laughs> know the year?
0: So, if, if 2009 is correct, they left 17 men on base. I just found it. So, Wichita State left 11 men on base. Creighton left 17. What? 17 men. Elliot Soto left four. Darren Ruff left three. Nick Becker, two. Carson Vitale, four. TJ Romich, one. Jay's left 17. Ian Dykes on three. base. To
1: take, yeah.
0: yeah. They, they drew 12 walks. Holy cow. Yeah. And they only scored two runs? Yep. Nine hits, twelve locks, two runs. That's a heck
1: of a. I know that's hard to do. <laughs> we had Vinny on that team. We had Elliot on that team. Jimmy yeah. Swift was on that team. Robbie Knight. Robbie Knight was on that team. Vincent Cafaro. Vincent uh, Cafaro. Ah, uh, man, that makes me sad thinking about. it. See, we're ending on two big time downer notes. Did Creighton
0: not make the regional that year? No. Was that there? Was it was like a one in? Was it like a win and you have to be in? Yeah, that that was what made it excruciatingly worse. So that was the season ender then, huh? Yep. Wow.
1: So. All right. Well, I'm super depressed now.
0: (laughs) All they left guys on base every inning.
1: Jay's better win. They left three on on base in the first,
0: one in the second, one in the third. You're just digging the nail. Three in the fourth. Three in the fifth. Two in the sixth. That's the hand dryer telling us to. Three in the seventh. I know. One in the eighth. Yeah. Oh, they didn't leave anybody on base in the ninth. That was
1: the thing, right? So they did all the <laughs> – and then they couldn't get anything started in the ninth. <laughs> they didn't
0: leave anybody on base in the ninth. No, because they, they were went, probably
1: as pissed off as I was. They so were all they, sitting
0: there like, I'm done. So they went strikeout swinging on five pitches, then they flew out on three and flew out on three. So it was a, what, three, six, 11-pitch yep. ninth inning after – with nobody getting on base. Right. <laughs> that is a heartbreaker. They're like, Here, here's eight innings of
1: tees Dude, and then one so quick bad. ninth to end it and oh, put you out of your misery. It was brutal. <laughs> All right. Well, Matt, um, make sure to well. I don't know what we'll do. Will you and Niatawa do some beats after the game or not? Since you guys won't be both out there, well, we won't be in the same place. That's He'll be in I mean, New York. Yeah. So yeah, no. Um,
0: so, unless we get a quick plane ticket to New York, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. But maybe if we uh, if Creighton makes this by tournament, maybe I'll yeah. I'll email the brass and see what they think about. We'll do something. A revives Jay we'll season and out. see if they have renewed K- optimism. Kray- for, see Creighton and Dayton. Yeah, like hey,
1: hashtag Creighton, Creighton and Dayton. Dayton baby. What Creighton do you think?
0: Because the other thing is like if they go to Dayton, we're going to have to decide like really quickly because I think. Oh, sure. it'll
1: be a drive, dude. and We'll podcast on the road. Oh, okay, <laughs> oh. we can do some sightseeing and everything. Oh yeah, my gosh! So, yeah, look. That but they'll up.
0: play on. They'll play on probably Tuesday or Wednesday. You know, so I know. we'll have to turn right around and knock that out.
1: How long of a drive do you think it is from Omaha, Nebraska, to Dayton, Ohio? John's already got it. John's John, got John, it. John, uh, John 11 hours? Schulte, 11 oh, that's hour. easy. 11 hours, 7 minutes. San Antonio's
0: 12, isn't it, right? I drove to San Antonio for that's, that bludgeoning. It's a little
1: too close to Cincinnati
0: for my liking, guys. No, it'll do, be you be fine. Fine. Like, do you not like the city of Cincinnati?
1: No, it's fine. I almost went to school there. You almost went to Xavier.
0: I did not know that. Oh, yeah. Wow, this yeah. could have taken a dark turn. Right? All right. I wonder who the Bryant-Odd equivalent <laughs> is at Xavier <laughs> University. Some guy just podcasting right oh, yeah, now. Dog. like You know it. Talking about flu shots. <laughs> yeah, he loves JP. He <laughs> loves JP. <laughs> he does. He loves Chris Mack. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a total. No, it's the Bizarro situation. Yeah, like the Bizarro b- Bryant. Right, right. Yeah. I wanna meet that guy. I wanna
1: meet <laughs> I want to po- party with you.
0: I want to podcast <laughs> with him. We'll take a road trip to Sintas next year and I'll try to find him.
1: I would love to go there.
0: Yeah, I've heard yeah. That's one of the, I've heard it's one of the best
1: environments. All right, I'll take your word for it. All right. Uh with that, we're gonna thank the good people at Script Town for hosting us again tonight. We'll yep, yep. podcast again here soon. For Matt DeMoranis, I'm Brian Ott signing off on another edition of the Blue Jay Bites podcast with a hearty good night, a hearty happy Big East Tournament week, and a very happy Go Jays.